Algar Productions. Despite the title, the following podcast is most decidedly not for kids. This is the Kids Love Batman podcast with your hosts, Matt Robotham and Ron Algar Watt. Episode 37, Time Out of Joint and Catwalk. Hi, chums. It's uh, it's another week where we got two good ones. Yeah, man. It's like it's like it's for almost the... like this is a good show about Batman. But you know, we had for a while there, like we we kept getting, and this is great for a review show that covers two episodes at a time. Mm-hmm. We get a good one and a not great one. Yeah. And like I don't know, even the worst episode of this show is pretty good. I it's would still say. better than you know most things we could be watching. When we were doing Star Trek, that was a little rough. One, because the episodes were twice as long. Mm-hmm. Two, because bad Star Trek is pretty bad. Oh, yeah. We do, like, two episodes of Enterprise, and, like, man, that's my evening. Yeah. But, like, a, a bad episode of this, first of all, only 22 minutes, but mm-hmm. second, there's always something to like. And yeah. it's it's still Kevin Conroy as Batman and mm-hmm. Bruce Timm's team, you know, making him move around and stuff. Yeah, so. it's going to sound good. It's going to look good. Yeah, exactly. So, but uh, these two, quite good, I would say. Yeah. Two very sort of standard, like, here's the, the established supervillain coming back again mm-hmm. thing. But, uh, you know, I'm I'm down with that. Like, I think, I feel like that's where the show's heading. I feel like we're going to get a lot less, like, slice of life, regular street level people. And mm-hmm. we're going to get more, you know, costumed guys and, and like, uh, sort of sci-fi premises like in the first one. Sure. And I'm fine with all that. I, I I feel like someone bursts in it at the 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 Batman animated series offices with like like ticker tape and just like the ratings are in, boys. The kids mm-hmm. are really liking these super villains. You mean they don't want the mob stuff no more? No, they fucking hate it. Okay, how about this? What if we made like the main mob guy, the guy with the puppet? Yeah, they might buy that. Yeah, they might like that. It says here that kids like puppets. Mm-hmm. What are you reading off exactly? Ah, oh, it's this thing that prints out what kids are super into. <laughs> it's 1994, so it says Pogs. Mm-hmm. Remember Pogs? They're currently, <laughs> they're currently popular. They're currently here. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, let's get to it. All Why right. don't we first talk about time out of joint? All right. You. <clears throat> A beautiful afternoon in Gotham City, and Bruce Wayne and his youthful ward, Dick Grayson, are attendants at the 15th annual Gotham Charity Fancy Clock Option. But what's this? That conniving character, the Clock King, has laid claim to Gotham's most collectible and costly clock. So Clock King steals the antique clock in a blur and is then gone, leaving Bruce, and especially Dick, who is easily frightened by quick movements and loud noises, utterly baffled. (laughs) A review of the videotape shows Clock King moving entirely too fast to be caught. Meanwhile, Clock King has set himself up as a butler to a mysterious woods-dwelling scientist who has created a device to slow down and speed up time. Time, thinks Clock King, grinning clockily. That's sort of my thing. I can use that to kill the mayor, who I hate. But the mayor is ready for a Clock King killing, having sequestered himself at City Hall, surrounded by cops. Unfortunately for him, Clock King easily avoids the cops because he's moving super fast, and also they're idiots. Batman and Robin arrive, but only prevent Clock King from actually killing the mayor. They destroy his time device, but I guess he has a spare because he escapes anyway, like a jerk. 
Batman examines the time device and realizes that the Clock King doesn't actually know how to build a thing that can control time, since he's, I don't know, a lawyer or an efficiency expert? I forget what he was into. So anyway, he visits the only time scientist in town. Unfortunately, Clock King has trapped him in a stasis tube and then fucked off to go kill the mayor again. So Batman and Robin hassle the scientists into giving them fast motorcycles, and they prevent Clock King from exploding the mayor. Afterwards, they make several celebratory time puns while Clock King yells about how his clock-shaped glasses have given him astigmatism. I don't know how he sees through those things because they're set at like three o'clock, which means his his vision is like segmented. Yes, three o'clock, the viewing hour. Uh Uh-huh. Also, I am stunned you didn't point out that the time devices looked exactly like a Super Nintendo controller. I thought they looked like an infinity sign. Like, I thought that was what they were going for. Oh, probably. But when you put (laughs) buttons on an infinity sign. But you've said that, and now I can't unsee it. Uh Uh-huh. Ah, the basic sign of my entire childhood. I, I, that's why I'm surprised, because, Mm -hmm. like, I I had a SNES and I played it a bit, but, uh, you know, you were, like, you were at that age. Oh, I was glued to that thing. Yeah. Um... But yeah, this was and a fun still one. would be I... if I didn't have to get a fucking job. <laughs> yeah, same. I mean, you know, it was like in television for me, but sure. you know, same. Um, I still find the Clock King like a bit sympathetic because Mayor Hill's kind of a jerk. He is like, I just, I love this character so much. I mean, this is my good thing. So mm-hmm. like, I love the Clock King. He's set, like, he's a great visual. He's a great, con- he, he's such a perfect Batman villain, you know? Mm-hmm. Just like a guy with a weird thing who got pissed off about something and decided to make it his entire life. No, I love, like, that he would work as a Batman 66 villain. You you'd you really wouldn't have to change anything. His costume would work in that setting. All the time puns would work. Mm-hmm. Like, all of that. Like, you might tone down the sort of realistic mental illness a little and make him a little wackier, but mm-hmm. only a little. Yeah, you don't have to go that far. And like, I j- I I love I I love the look of him so much. Like that yep. the dapper guy. Like his costume is barely a costume. It's just a nice dressed guy with clock glasses. Yeah, but he lo- like in the way this show does that sort of minimalist style mm-hmm. so well. Like in a few lines. Oh, that's the efficiency expert there. Yeah, he just looks so neat and tidy and just streamlined you know and and like i love when you can look at a character and immediately know what they're about yeah and this show's great for that there's a dude who really likes clocks Mm -hmm. and hating the mayor but you can't call yourself hating the mayor king no plus you got to get in line for that one everybody like super villains and regular guys i don't i batman probably doesn't care for him i know jim gordon doesn't like him i mean i don't want him to be dead but like no no i don't want anyone i don't don't want anyone to get murdered but (laughs) mary hill sucks let's just say i didn't vote for him yeah i well that's because you would have been too young to vote in you know 1990 whatever that's true also i'm not a gotham city citizen despite my best efforts Uh, my good thing sort of builds on yours. Mm-hmm. Um, not only have they escalated his threat level, yes, but they've also escalated his crazy. Mm-hmm. Like what I was saying a second ago about the relatable mental illness part. Like it's it's not perfectly realistic. You wouldn't teach this as a clinical example or anything, but it's it's definitely more nuanced than than you would get from a cartoon of this era. Otherwise, like we mentioned in his first appearance, he feels very sort of Hitchcocky. Like yes. 
this is a regular guy that some bad shit happened to and and mm. then he snapped and uh, also you know probably ocd mm-hmm. like uh, probably some anxiety issues and and now like now that he's been to jail or whatever mm-hmm. Did he go to jail or did he escape? I don't remember. I think Either he way. went to jail, but I couldn't tell you for sure. He's definitely been I, gone for a while. Yeah, I feel like he, if nothing else, went into hiding. Mm-hmm. But regardless, he, you know, after being defeated by Batman and going through that shit in inside a clock, yeah. which would mess up anybody, mm-hmm. like, he's he's just, he's crazier than ever. Oh, yeah. Like, he wanted to ruin the mayor's life before, now he just straight up wants to kill him. And a lot of other people, too. Uh, yeah. Whereas before, he just wanted to make the mayor look ridiculous. Mm -hmm. But, like, the fact that he's, like, at City Hall, like, about to, like, blow the mayor up, and he's just like, I'm going to slow things down so I can watch the mayor explode super slowly. Mm Mm-hmm. I I, I pointed this out last time, but you do a very good clocking. You sound a lot like him. (laughs) Um, It's nice to find your niche at 37. (laughs) But there's, um... There's little moments like he's uh, he's making his way down the stairs of uh, City Hall to uh, to get to the ma- actually he goes up the stairs to get mm-hmm. to the mayor and he comes back down again and there's a uh, woman uh, played by Tress McNeil because it's the 90s and mm-hmm. there's a woman. Um, I mean it's still true today, but uh, it's been true since then. Um, and like she's about to fall when he's frozen time and he could help her. Instead, he's just like, ha, you're going to fall and really hurt yourself. Bye. I was watching it and I'm like, well, that woman's going to die. Yeah, she's way high up on this very precarious stairwell. That's not going to end, you know, very nicely for her. Sucks uh. to be you. Mm-hmm. Well, if I didn't have more important things to do, I'd stick around to watch this. <laughs> Get my dick. Going to get me some uns- a bag of unsalted peanuts and quietly watch. <laughs> I was going to say popcorn, but he doesn't seem like a popcorn guy. Too frivolous. <laughs> oh, you're doing them with with assorted flavors on it now, eh? Fancy. <laughs> There's no time for that. <laughs> I'm a busy also- man. I don't have time for flavors. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably true. A wholesome bread sandwich in a steaming cup of water is all I need. Oh, now I feel bad for that scientist he was the butler for. Yup. <laughs> Here's your lunch. Oh, good. It might be, I feel, I went a little overboard in extravagance. Gee, a mayonnaise sandwich. Thanks. <laughs> oh, good. You brought me some tea. Nope, just water. Just water. What are you, a duke? <laughs> No, I'm a time scientist. <laughs> so that guy, mm-hmm. and also um, uh, the guy at the clock museum at the beginning, voiced by Alan Oppenheimer, who voiced, uh, again, one of those uh, uh, cartoon voice actors that you've heard in everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know him best as TV Skeletor. Ooh. I do but, know him best as TV Skeletor, also known as the most fun voice to do. Yes, but also he was um, uh, at the beginning in the in the museum. He was doing his Falcor the Luck Dragon from the oh Never God. Ending Story voice, like it was the exact voice he used for that. I mean, you know, when you're when you're even a very versatile voice actor like that guy, you still only have like you know, twenty voices. Sure. You're gonna you're gonna repeat some. Oh, let but, me save you, Bastion. Like he didn't talk slow, but the voice sure. was the voice was exactly the same. Um, and it was a little distracting 
And then when he was the scientist, like, you know, like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, that's why they got him. Okay. I can do but... a good voice. <laughs> Maybe not that one, though. No, I'm mm. a time scientist. <laughs> can I call him Beast Man? No, call him Harold. Uh, I can't bellow Harold. <laughs> Harold! That's not great. What if I put man on the end of your name? Mm-hmm. Harold Man! That's better. Harold. Like Harold! Mm-hmm. Gonna go yell the way, many faces. <laughs> that will always make me laugh. Always. That's the dumbest name. Incidentally. See, now because he had many faces. <laughs> and he's a man. <laughs> oh, Christ. So those of you who, who uh, followed us over from our Star Trek show might remember that we did a, uh, a crossover once a year. Mm-hmm. At least we, we were started doing them twice a year, but we, we did them once a year for a long time um, at Christmas time mm-hmm. with our friends uh, who used to do the Doctor Who podcast, uh, Drunken Time Travel. Mm-hmm. And it would just be the four of us reviewing different things. And uh, this year we have decided to continue the tradition and watch some He-Man. Mm-hmm. So that's that's one of the reasons that's stuck in my head right now. And also, He-Man just always kind of spends some time in my head. Yeah, sure. He lives there. That show's ridiculous. Yeah, it is. And uh, kind of looking forward to that. Yeah. Uh, but but just so you guys know, uh, that will be available over on the Post-Atomic Horror feed. Mm-hmm. It just makes more sense rather than like putting it as part of this show. So uh, if you want to hear that, that will be posting uh, soon-ish. Yes. So anyway, um, what was your bad thing? My bad thing was uh, the whole trapped in time segment with Batman um, in the Batmobile. Uh, just like Batman makes a big deal about how hours are passing like minutes and they need to escape before another car hits them. And then they just sort of sit there for a while. I think I uh, like I saw this I, when you get to these first, which is usually these days. Um, I I look at your good and bad things and I watch the episode with those in mind just mm. to like, you know, see if I can add something like, and I think the problem is they put absolutely no details. Like the streets are empty. That's gotta be it. Cause like, it just like, it doesn't look threatening, you know? Yeah. When they get in the car and like they're on a freeway, like mm-hmm. it's a wide road that clearly has a lot of lanes. There are zero cars. Yeah. And uh, first of all, that never happens in a in a major metro area. But no, like and I understand like the middle of the night, like you're getting cars by pretty regularly. Yeah. And like I, I get that they have to cut some corners animation wise mm-hmm. from time to time, but it really does undercut like because. What he says is, like, according to relativity, and, of course, Robin's just staring at him blankly like Homer Simpson. Now, like, if, if a car hits us, we'll blow up, okay, stupid? Your mouth's open. Uh-huh. Huh? But um, I, I do, like, I mean, I don't I don't pretend to understand relativity even sure. at, like, a, a layman's level. Like, I'm real stupid. But I, I get that, like, as you go faster, or, uh, yeah, never mind. I thought I understood a little bit of it, but I don't. But the the gist of it is if another car hits them, they'll explode. Yeah. And there are no other cars. Yeah. On a highway. So it, yeah, it doesn't work. Also, I kept thinking, like, if we stay like this, hours would seem like days. That's exactly what I thought as well. What a great secret code that no one will ever figure out. Nope, no one. Certainly not a genetically superior human. <laughs> He's too busy what being they, fatigued. What are they talking about over there? He says that hours would seem like days. Write that down. <laughs> um, 
Uh, my bad thing sort of relates to that. Mm. When Batman and Robin emerge from their time trap, Robin takes a look around and says, near as I can figure, it's 48 hours later. How the fuck did he know that? He looked over at a clock tower, but unless the thing had a day hand? <laughs> like, how would you know? I think he's just trying to sound cool and smart to Batman. <laughs> I think it might be 48 hours, Batman. I think you should shut up. What are you basing that on, detective? <laughs> Absolutely nothing. Also, like, <laughs> there's nothing to show that at all. If they were trapped for 48 hours, fucking Clock King should have killed the fucking mayor. Like, come on. Oh, yeah. No, it wouldn't take two days to put a bomb under his podium. Like, seriously, just go to the mayor's house and stab him in the neck. Like, I mean, it's a kid's cartoon. You have to do something dumb, like put a, you know, one of those bombs that's a, a bundle of red sticks strapped together with a clock. It's a of round it's got a bomb. Clock. But it's got a clock because, hey, the brand. Check my shit out. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah. So I realized this is a deep cut, and not mm. a lot of people are probably going to get this, but you will. I'm watching a lot of, uh, re-watching a lot of uh, Strong Bad and Homestar Runner sure. stuff lately. And the voice we do for Robin uh-huh. is uh, one of the cheat commandos. That's oh, God, not what we too. usually say. <laughs> that guy. <laughs> I think it's Silent Rip, but, uh, you know, the guy who talks like this. I'm trying to remember any lines from him, which is odd for me, because usually Homestar Runner quotes just pop out of my mouth, like... Yeah, well, Cheek Commandos is kind of a deep cut. Like, to the point where there was some in my wedding vows. <laughs> Were there? <laughs> I'm looking forward to being married to you. <laughs> no, our wedding vows were repeating what the lady said, because we were both terrified. That's what I thought. I was there, but yeah. I mean, you know, I and I... Thought I would have caught a strong bad reference, but maybe not. I, there was that bit where you said, "There's two of them." <laughs> Our first dance was to the Trogdor song, though. So, well, of course. Um, I did like the scientist being like, "This is a cliche that I should get sick of," and I, 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 I don't in Batman. I do in more serious science fiction, but the scientist who makes. Something that is clearly a weapon who doesn't understand that it could be used as a weapon. This death ray was built for peaceful purposes. Why'd you call it a death ray? Well, because I nearly died making it. Yeah. I put a lot of work into this death ray. Stop this calling ray it will, that. This ray will be the death of me. <laughs> no, it's named after my dead friend, Ray. <laughs> no, it, it just, you know. He's like, we can use this to uh, freeze terminally ill people in stasis and dispose of toxic waste. Mm -hmm. I'm like, wow, that's a that's a reach. That's yeah. why you invented this, really. I mean, those are good uses, but I feel like there's I, I I have a hard time believing that's why he made it. Listen, toxic waste was a big deal back in the '90s. Everyone was terrified of it. Yeah, and then we just stopped worrying we just, about it. It's it's big, still a big deal. Leaking barrels just like left around playgrounds. Yeah, no, now there's laws that say you have to do that, mm -hmm. and we all just ignore them. Yeah. We didn't fix anything, just to be clear. <laughs> We're storing it with all the stuff that is supposed to be recyclable, and turned out wasn't. Uh-huh. We just thrown it in the river. Yeah, that's that tracks. Uh-huh. Uh, Things are that's great. That's okay. There's there's a thousand other ways we can die before that gets to us. That, Yay! That's, uh, that's tomorrow's, that's, that's like our children's problem, except we're not having children, so it's someone else's problem. Mm -hmm. 
Um, let's see. This I, uh, had, Oh, go ahead. I, I love uh, Clock King as a butler. I think that's the perfect job for him. Is it just because of the costume? It might just because of the costume, but also, like, he's very punctual. Uh, that's true. You know, it he feels was... like if, if he weren't crazy and trying to kill the mayor, this would be a really good <laughs> job for him. I did think it was a little contrived that he just happened to get a job working for the guy who invented a time machine. I mean, it's possible he looked for a guy who was oh, working on a time that, machine. That's the implication. This guy's a good planner. <laughs> and then but... showed up at his house. Hey, you need a butler? Well, I am very forgetful, so okay. I do live in the middle of the woods, and I am well, going to call you the only person I trust in the world. He probably, I mean, he's been gone for a while, like, out of the public eye. He's probably spent all that time earning his trust. Mm-hmm. And they actually, like, the reason that guy lives in the woods is because, like, uh, he said, I don't want electromagnetic interference with my uh, with my experiments. I want to, like, your phones won't work out here. I don't have a phone. Like, there's no, you know, he's like um, uh, Chuck, the crazy brother in uh, Better Call Saul. Yeah. <laughs> Which, I don't know. I kind of like that. I kind of like. Well, it's interesting. Like, it's not, it's not a, it's not a scientist trope we've seen before on this. No, and it's, there's a. There's a story reason for it, and it presents an obstacle to Batman and Robin. Yeah. Which I like. How are we going to um, get back to town to, to town in a minute, Batman? Shut up. Just we have, we have devices that slow down time. We could walk if we had to. Just, just shut up. I, <laughs> I, I hate you. Yep. So much. Just everything about you is such a, a colossal... Just a colossal disappointment. Every day that I spend in your presence <laughs> is just a knife in the ba- the work I put into <laughs> over the past goddamn ten years to craft you into into a crime fighter that I, as a person, could p- be proud of. And just the disappointment that you bring to me every, every goddamn day of my goddamn life is just it's a it's a tragedy. It's a goddamn tragedy that I. That I have to live with you. What'd you say, Batman? I was playing video games. I'm gonna go fucking jump off a building. <laughs> <sighs> that turned okay. into a thing. Was like, how long can I go? I just wanted to let you go. <laughs> uh, there was a bit of a Twilight Zone vibe to the um, devices that stop time. Like, there's a there's a famous Twilight Zone episode which they remade in the '80s and mm-hmm. was also very good. Um, where there's a, I think it's a pocket watch that stops time. Yeah. It's like, it's one of those regular person gets a fantastic ability. What would they do with it kind of things? Mm. And uh, well, like I was, they were sorry. definitely drawing from that. Oh, yeah. Well, and I was Which definitely expect like, you know, I've seen a bunch of Batman cartoons at this point. I was definitely expecting this one to end with like the Clock King, like stuck in time. Oh, and, yeah. Like, well, that's how that like, I don't remember how the 50s ones one ends, but the one in the 80s, like. Uh, she hits stop on the stopwatch when the like the nukes are falling mm-hmm. and the missiles in the air, yeah. and she's just like, "That's it." Well, yep. But like that—that's just—it it feels like one of those like sort of creepy endings that they they do with the show occasionally. And there'd be a way to bring him back. I'm oh sure. yeah. I do like that uh, by by slowing down time. Batman and Robin are effectively the Flash, so mm-hmm. we don't need the Flash. We're good. <laughs> Well, now I'm faster than the Flash. We're going to get him anyway. Oh, you'll get him. You'll get the Flash. (laughs) Not the Flash you like. No. But basically Flash who is like Robin. Mm Mm-hmm. Just a new Robin. Uh Uh-huh. Lucky, lucky me. uh, 
At one point, uh, Batman's talking about the Clock King and how threatening he is. And he says, with his knowledge of train schedules. <laughs> I love that line so much. He's, uh, he says it very seriously, too. Like, that's a line you give to Robin sarcastically. Well, with his knowledge of train schedules, no. we better watch out for this guy. Listen, we, we are not prepared for, for the Clock King and his knowledge <laughs> of train schedules. <laughs> You'll never catch me, Batman. I'm going to Idaho in three minutes. There's no train to... Ah, yes, but there is. You forget. The express to Idaho City passes through here. I keep all the transfers in my head, Batman. A greater foe you'll never find. Damn it, I should have said Boise. I couldn't think of a city in Idaho. (laughs) Potato Town. (laughs) Okay. The the hmm? bit where they're coming back from uh the 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 scientist mansion right mm-hmm. uh they go through you want to talk about how ago this is they drive their bikes through the fucking like the biggest like cow town nineteen twenties ass village I've ever seen yeah that just looked like the place where I'm from that looked like this in the early nineties so it's like I can kind of get it it's like a, you know you're like you're going through like you know the rural area but then like an eight like it like a 1920s biplane flies by? That's a crop duster. It's on his way to fight the Red Baron. <laughs> now, I don't think, I don't, I think crop dusters still look like that, don't they? Maybe. I don't know. I haven't looked at a crop duster in a while. No, I see them in movies. I don't know that I've seen one in real life, mm-hmm. but, like, I don't think they look sleek and modern. I think they still look like old-timey biplanes. <laughs> well, you know what? That actually makes me kind of happy. Oh, all right. It's nice to know uh, that somewhere out there there's still an old-timey biplane flying around. Well, I mean, there's definitely some in the Smithsonian hanging from the ceiling. So you're saying we should steal them? I'm not not saying from that. From plane crimes. But I'm saying if if we're going to steal something from the Air and Space Museum, there's much cooler things to steal. I mean, fair. We could steal uh, the air and the space, which mm, I might be the same thing now that I'm thinking about it. Well, it's the same thing here, mm-hmm. but not when you leave Earth. No, then it's just space. Right. We already covered that one. Mm. All right. Anything else? Uh, I think that's it. You got a quote? I do have a quote. This is Batman dealing with being trapped in time. Whoa! What's going on? Fugit's booby trapped the car. We're trapped in time. I don't know why, but that sounds like an early CD-ROM. Batman trapped in time. <laughs> right? Can you solve the case? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess it's my job. You know. <laughs> All right. Moving forward, then, to Catwalk. Well, I wonder who this episode's about. I mean, I assume it's about uh, Right Said Fred. Mm-hmm. All right, here we go. A new museum exhibit is opening in Gotham, and Selina Kyle is here moping around because the law says she can't steal things anymore or they'll send her back to jail. And naturally, she takes every possible opportunity to walk up to any cat-related exhibit, sigh loudly, and deliver feline-themed emotional witticisms to anyone within within earshot. The guy who wrote this one loves to have his villains do this. I'm appalled at how undeanified this is. Since this is a fancy rich people thing, both Bruce Wayne and Veronica Vreeland are here because I guess this is literally all they do with their time? I mean, Bruce obviously gets up to some other business, but the only times he's seen in public as Bruce Wayne seems to be in a tuxedo surrounded by smug jerks. 
Veronica's especially proud of the king smug jerk of them all, a big famous a big game hunter who also happens to be her grandfather. A towering statue has been constructed in honor of Pappy Vreeland, and, well, it's not subtle, like, at all. Like, it looks like an editorial cartoon about colonization. <laughs> Selena's kind of pissed off about this, but since her political views can't exist without cats also being involved somehow, it turns out she's pissed because the old man made a bunch of animals extinct, including cats. So she leaves the party, muttering under her breath about how someone should smash up the place, steal all the jewels, and also something about saucers of warm milk or maybe balls of yarn. She makes it as far as the sidewalk in front of the museum when she's accosted by one of the most truly terrifying villains in Gotham, Mr. Scarface. No, that wasn't sarcasm. I'm legitimately impressed by how this show continues to depict him as a formidable tactical presence in the Gotham underworld. He suggests that Selina come out of retirement for one last job, doing the thing everyone heard her talk about when she was in the museum. And Selina, being a sensible and rational person who mostly talks to a cat, agrees. He can't possibly be using me as a distraction while his guys sneak in and steal something else, she says to her cat, whom she brings along on her ill-conceived heist. Naturally, she's caught by Batman, and she pretends to listen to him and cooperate, but then she literally kicks him in the testicle so she can escape. I'm not entirely clear why this happens. She just suddenly turns on him. Then she goes back to get revenge on Mr. Scarface, who was working for the Penguin all along. Oh, good, is this where the Penguin finally gains even a shred of dignity? Oh, nope. He's willing to pay $2 million for a stuffed bird. Still an idiot. <laughs> So, Selina manages to catfight her cat way into the cat place where Mr. Scarface and his gang are hiding out, which is a factory of some kind with lots of buzz saws. Sure, that's a great place to hang out when you're made entirely of wood. <laughs> I guess Pyro Eddie's flaming house of discount fire was already booked up, presumably by the scarecrow. Anyway, Selina nearly throws the dummy at one of the aforementioned buzz saws, but then in a stunning move, she instead murders the little creep by knocking a heavy object off a very tall shelf, because she's a cat. Then Batman almost catches her, but then he doesn't, and she's off into the night where she can dispense further wistful monologues about how things will never work out between her and Batman. Who can say why? I mean, I can. It's probably because you kicked him in the nuts for no good reason. That seems like a pretty solid bet. <laughs> and to be clear, Batman has it coming a lot of the time. Oh, yeah. This was almost my bad thing. I'm just going to go ahead and talk about it now. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I like their relationship. I like that it's a back and forth where... She's drawn to the life of crime and he's trying to get her to go straight. And like, I, I like all that. But the moment where she turns on him in this one is so arbitrary. She I, just I, suddenly decides, nah, I'm not going to tell you all the truth. And I'm just going to go off on my own. Like, where did that yeah. even come from, man? It's very, it's very like, eh, probably time for me to be evil now. And Paul Dini wrote this. He knows better. Oh, yeah. Like, there's, there's a real easy way to make that more organic and less just suddenly I don't want to work with you anymore. Well, I mean, there's a scene in this where they, where she like, she and Batman go to the cops to like, like she's lied. To yeah. Him. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. But she didn't need to lie to him is my point. Mm. Like there's no reason yeah. she doesn't. She's what well, she's protecting the ventriloquist. Yeah. He's fine. Yeah. He doesn't need like, your help. He's doing great. Also, she's got it out for him anyway. Mm hmm. Like, why don't you go back and stop him with your boyfriend, Batman? <laughs> He'd be into it. Yeah, he loves and beating the shit out of Scarface. I mean, who doesn't really? It's It's got to be so satisfying, right? Mm -hmm. Just fucking choke that little neck. Ugh. See, and and I said this in my summary, I, I legit love that they've made this character, like like we were talking about earlier, 
they're still doing the mafia stories, but now eh, this is the this is sort of the main guy. Like the we might get Rupert Thorne again, but it's mm. it's probably more about Mr. Scarface now. I mean, I would love to see like Scarface. Rupert Thorne versus Scarface. That would be amazing. Just like I'm trying to run a legitimate crime family in, in this town. This is ridiculous. Yeah, so am I. What's so ridiculous about me? A tiny puppet making mob voices. What, my, you can't take me seriously? My crime empire is just as legit as yours, and I make 50% more profits. Oh, shit, he's right. Dummy, shake my fist at him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you like well, that? He'd probably shake his own fist now, and this is your bad thing, no? Uh-huh. My, fing- my fingers aren't articulated enough to give you the boid. Mm-hmm. It's basically, this is super quibbly, but I like this episode. I just... I hate that Scarface is able to, like, point and move his fingers. Like, it makes the dummy just look just a little bit too alive to make sense. Mm. I kind of... There's bits in this where, like, he's pushing buttons to, like, activate buzz saws to kill Catwoman yeah, he, or whatever. Yeah, but he lifts, he lifts his arm and puts his hand on things. He lifts his arm, but, like, there's an individual... Like, it looks like the hand is still pointing, and it's just like, just slap the hand down. That's what would actually there- happen. There are puppets with a with a thing inside where you squeeze it and the fingers come together. Like that exists. I did not know that. Yeah, I mean, this is a very small dummy, and I don't know where they would put that, but that that is a thing. It's it's a it's a very fine line because I like how articulated like the face is, you know. No, and I like when he's on the uh, uh, conveyor belt headed toward the buzz the buzz saw. Mm-hmm. Like he's like he's a couple of hundred feet away from the ventriloquist so obviously you hear the voice but he's just sort of laying there i like like that that. a lot like i like how creepy that is because you start buying into the fact that he's a guy and then you're like oh right no one's there to move his mouth so it's just a lump of wood yep you gotta say he's gonna die you catch yourself Mm -hmm. you're like what why isn't his mouth oh right (laughs) that can't just be me right it's very much uh why is franklin here yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, it's very good. Uh-huh. I no, enjoy I, just... uh, I enjoy that. This is, what, the third Scarface appearance now? Like, oh, yeah, I, he's origin. great. He, sh- he showed up in the uh, Arkham, like, the trial episode. Yeah. And then this one. I think that's it. Yeah. Like, he's gr- <laughs> he's so good. No, and I... I... I really... Like, I don't know this, but I feel like we were... We were just sort of goofing around a minute ago, but I feel like them realizing like there's a more fun way to do these mob stories Mm -hmm. because this really is just about like someone sending their goons to steal a thing but yeah now it's also got a weird batman spin to it well yeah that's like you know i can totally see them being like kids don't really respond to the mob episodes like matt for example a person (laughs) who really likes batman and is eight when he's watching this does not care for those episodes yeah but 30 years later he's gonna love it well, sure, but we're we're not working the long game. I mean, they might they? be actually like <laughs> they're still putting out Batman the animated series stuff. Yeah, I mean those uh, those direct to DVD things that we're doing. A lot of them, I mean, are by the same people, and mm-hmm. you, a couple of them are set in the same universe. A lot of them are, you know, like Kevin Conroy's still doing Batman's voice. That's true. This is, All right, know. maybe they were playing the long game. Yeah, it could be. But I don't know. I. Uh, I, I enjoy this. They can they can continue to do those stories, but yeah. now it's just a little weirder. And my good thing mm-hmm. is I like that the city is so swarming with supervillains now that one of them is hiring another one who subcontracts to a third one. Right? 
Like, like I joke about the penguin. He's just on the phone. It doesn't matter. Uh-huh. But like, the, seriously, the penguin hired the ventriloquist, who then hired Catwoman. Like, it, it's it's just easier to reach out to a costumed weirdo at this point. <laughs> hello, hello, Scarface Penguin here. Mm-hmm. There's a rare bird I want you to steal, but I don't. Yeah, got it. Birds. Ugh, I don't really want to steal no bird either. Hey, I know what I could do. You know who likes to catch canaries? Cats. Ah, this is good. This is coming together perfectly. Maybe I should work with her like in that movie. Nah, I don't think she wants to get anywhere near you. Nobody want nobody wants you to do like what you was doing in that movie. Mm. Why? What was wrong with it? Okay. Don't you try what? biting off my nose either. Yeah, you could have it. It just comes off. <laughs> Mr. Scarface, no, those are expensive. Shut up. I'll do with my nose what I please. Well, wait, if you take your nose off, how do you smell? <laughs> like wood. <sighs> so, you had some issues with the articulation, but on the other hand, your good thing kind of is the, the good side of that. Yeah, there's some great facial acting in this episode. Like, mm-hmm. enough that I noticed, which I don't usually. Hmm. Like, there's just, like, the bit especially, uh, Selena in the car with Scarface, mm-hmm. just, one, realizing what his deal is, well, and I think then sort of, you can see her get used to him, which is, I really is, like. I think this is the first time of his three appearances where someone has reacted to him the way a person would react to him. Yeah, which, which is, is, that's to, a ventriloquist dummy. To start laughing. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I get it. That's very cute. You're pretty good. Like... She doesn't, like, when we dropped into his story in his origin, mm-hmm. people were already used to it, and Batman was kind of shocked. But yeah, Batman's just like, what? But also, nope. I'm Batman. I've seen weirder shit than this. Nobody had the stones to laugh at him because yeah. he was dangerous. But in, Selina in, doesn't know that. She's like a yeah. fucking, like, he's a puppet. What the fuck? Yeah, no, in Arkham, those guys are, like, they're supervillains and they're jerks, but they're probably fairly respectful of each other's like yeah, exactly. idiosyncrasies and stuff because they're in a they're in an asylum. It's like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna you know make fun of this guy because he's got a mob puppet. I'm Two Face. We, yeah, we've all got we've all got our stuff here. We're all working on it. Listen, and... if you don't make fu- if you don't make fun of the fact that I like twos, I won't make fun of the fact that you're a puppet. <laughs> Whenever they send you to wood shop, you come back with another one of those things. <laughs> Now let's go play Risk. <laughs> Which is... I don't know why. You, I thought you were going to say, let's go play Cars. <laughs> just imagining them on the floor of Arkham, like, <laughs> moving Hot Wheels. Yeah. I don't know why. That's hilarious. They got the big, uh, the big play mat out with, like, the road on it. Ooh, yeah. And the, and the loop-de-loop thing. Uh-huh. <laughs> why do I think that Arkham is just, like, daycare? Yeah, that's exactly the picture <laughs> that I got in my head. <laughs> oh, my God. It's because you get that rec room shot, like... Uh, probably started in uh, Cuckoo's Nest, but it's been in a lot of, you mm-hmm. know, like institutions and movies and TV since then where mm-hmm. they're sitting around playing board games, you know, like non-threatening things that look good to visitors, basically. Yeah. I mean, we've seen them like when uh, Ivy and Joker are fighting over the TV and Scarecrow and the Mad Hatter are just in the background playing cards. Mm-hmm. It's like, all right, I guess these guys all hang out now. Sure. Why not? Um... So, my bad thing. Mm-hmm. There's a point at which, at the end of the episode, where Selena makes Batman choose between catching her and rescuing a priceless stuffed animal she's oh, thrown yeah. into the fire. Hobbs, no! <laughs> and then she says, the lady or the tiger, Batman, which I bet a lot of people thought was very clever, mm-hmm. but 
rolled my eyes real hard at that one. <laughs> Roll my eyes. Uh-huh. Uh, the, so let's talk about, I don't know shit about taxidermy or mm-hmm. extinct animals. So this comes from a place of pure ignorance. Uh-huh. But really, are stuffed, like, the last example of a, a species worth millions of dollars? Really? I, I can see them being worth something. But, like, in my head, it's like, well, wouldn't the alive thing be more worth something? Well, yeah, but obviously they're extinct. Yeah, so I guess. The I only way you can study them or look at them is this, I it, guess. It makes a kind of sense, but, like, I definitely can't see Batman, sacri- like, let Selina get away because he's saving a dead cat. But putting aside that it's a, like, a, a scientific thing, mm-hmm. she plays up the money aspect of it. Yeah. He doesn't care about that. Yeah. Like, that versus catching her? He doesn't care about $2 million. That's nothing to him. First of all, as Bruce Wayne. But second of all, as Batman, it's definitely more important to catch Catwoman. Yeah, always. Like, unless he's, like, doing that whole, well, I'm sort of also in love with her, so. Yeah, that's why he wants to catch her so he can kiss her. Mm -hmm. I don't, like, I I enjoy her whole back and forth. It's like I said a minute ago, Mm. but I feel like her conflict was less clear this time. Well, I get her being bored. Yeah. No, that was great. The setup was great. Yeah. The payoff, I think, needed a little work. But it's just like, well, I guess I'm just bad, you know? Like, I guess I do crimes. Like, they've already done an episode where she was pushed into a corner and, like, Mm. uh, her, you know, uh, someone threatened ISIS. And so she had to to go into action. I get that. Mm. And if you're going to do this again, you need to, like, tempt her, maybe. Yeah. Like, do a different take on that story. And... I never, I never felt like she was pissed off at the Vreelands, but so what? And yeah, I mean, like, like I pointed know. out in my summary, she said all that shit out loud. Yeah, and then came back and did it, and everyone knows she's Catwoman. Look, we all hate rich people, but like, yeah, especially people in this show. Mm-hmm. There's These are a, really there's shitty a, rich people. But there's more open resentment toward rich people in Gotham than you see in a lot of other fictional settings, which I like. Yeah, like everyone hates mm-hmm. them. Again, she said it all out loud. Everyone knows she's Catwoman. Mm-hmm. And then Catwoman comes back and says out loud on camera, I hate the Vreelands. I'm going to smash this thing. Mm-hmm. Like, what are you? Do? You're you're supposed to be a cat burglar. You know what cat burglars are famous for? Being quiet and sneaking around. Yeah, like, what are you doing? Maybe you should just get out of Gotham if you're going to be, you know, burglaring. But Go to a city all... that doesn't have a Batman. Mm. I'm I'm all for Catwoman can't. Stay straight because it's boring. Mm-hmm. This is this would be a much better take on the terrible trio, honestly, because I I buy it more with her. I'm more invested in her. Oh yeah, but I didn't really I didn't really buy it in this, and that was unfortunate. I still like her, and I still like her and Batman together. Mm-hmm. I just this was maybe my least favorite Catwoman episode so far, yeah. just because I didn't really follow where she was coming from a lot. It of just the time. It, it's like every, it's like uh, when she turns on Batman. It's just it's all sort of out of nowhere. Yeah. Which and maybe is playing up the cat thing. I don't know. But again, there's there's tons of reasons. All he had to do was say something to piss her off or push her over the edge or mm-hmm. like something. But it, it just, she's like, no, I'm not working with you anymore. Yeah. Kick. It's like, yeah, but, that was fine, but uh, it's time to go uh, steal some more diamonds. I mean, that's fine, too, if she was in it to steal diamonds. But mm-hmm. even then, she doesn't seem like... She's just doing it to stick it to Veronica Vreeland. Yeah. It feels like Selena still has money. 
Oh yeah, like she's she's she, invited to this high society function, yeah. so she's clearly still rich. Yeah, she wouldn't have been invited to this party if she weren't like still part of like Gotham's whole like yeah. rich people scene. Yeah, exactly. So she doesn't need it, but uh, I don't know. Ah, it could be better. It could, and again, I think she's great. I mm-hmm. think this version of Catwoman is great. I think like uh, Adrian Barbeau as, as her. Oh, she's is quite so good. good. Yeah, and. She and Batman, even when I'm not like the the motivation's a little muddy, I still their chemistry is still great. Mm-hmm. And they did nail Batman's sort of impotent confusion. Yeah. Do I do I kiss her or take her to jail? What, and what, s- some of that's in the voice acting, some of that's in the animation, but that that's crystal clear to me. This is never an this is never an issue when I arrest the Riddler. <laughs> I mean, Talia has a thing, but usually she'll work with me at least. Yeah. And, you know, like don't that's her dad's fault. Don't you want to team up to stop blame... your evil father? No, I don't have an evil father, Batman. I'm Catwoman. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. And who, he's got another, I thought there were three. Uh, the ten. other love interest? She's not evil, ah, but. right, uh, right, of course. The third love interest, basically. Right, yeah. Exactly. And, you know, I guess she only had the one appearance, so mm-hmm. it's harder to judge that. But yeah. Anyway. Maybe hook up with the uh, with the, the girlfriend who's not evil, Batman. Just a thought. Meh. There's no fun in that. Fair enough. I mean, I like, honestly, I guarantee you would know this better than me, but mm-hmm. I guarantee there's takes on him in the comics that explore that. The fact that he is always drawn to villainous types because oh, of yeah. his whole complicated psychology of stopping crime but not really stopping crime and well it's interesting too because like batman's sort of the the dc character that didn't have the like like the lowest lane Mm -hmm. you know like everyone sort of has one they tried a couple of times but like well he just married catwoman like a few years ago yeah that's what i'm saying is that they only sort like recently in Mm -hmm. like going back to like the 80s or whatever like, sort of realized that, like, the love interest that works with him is Catwoman, you know? Mm-hmm. And, like, that sort of makes him unique with all the other DC guys who just have their girlfriend who's always sort of been there, you know? Yeah, their regular civilian love yeah. interest that is not involved in their superhero life. Yeah, your Lois Lanes, your your uh, Iris Wests, your Carol right. Ferrises. Yes. Let's see how many more I can name? I, I mean, I know all of those mm-hmm. so far, so you haven't gotten to the deep cuts yet. Yeah. Uh, Steve's Trevor. Your Steve's Trevor, who I fucking hate. Mm, see, I like him from the movie because, like, Chris Pine played him. And first of all, I got a thing for Chris Pine. But sure. second of all, I love the way they wrote him in that. Your, um, whoever was dating the Adam. I don't know. I used to know I only, this. I only know the, this animated world's version of those characters. Mm-hmm. And he had, like, a grad assistant who, uh, in retrospect, that episode was written by Warren Ellis and... Not great. Probably there was a creepy vibe there that I wasn't picking up on, mm-hmm. and I do now. Mm-hmm. But Not we'll great. talk about that. We'll talk about that in a couple of years. Um, yep. John Stewart. Ooh, uh, John Stewart in this actually dated Hot Girl. So. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and Martian Manhunter and the alternate universe president's daughter. Yep. <laughs> I guess. I Rose Wilson. Sure. Uh, what else? Uh, what else? Take a look at my notes here. <laughs> my note: She's crawling up on a on a big uh, dinosaur skeleton at one point in the museum, mm-hmm. and uh, I wrote, "Oh no, the T Rex!" And then I wrote, 
Or whatever kind of dinosaur that is. <laughs> that checks out. Because <laughs> I was like, no, that's not. That's definitely not a T-Rex. That's a... And then I was going to make a bringing up baby reference that you wouldn't get. Mm. So. My, intercostal clavis, my intercostal clavicle. It's a great movie. You would enjoy that movie. It's got a cat in it, actually. Ooh. Like a, like a, uh, oh, not a panther, not a jaguar. Those little, a jackal? Those little ones. Wait, that's no, a no, 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 no. That's not a cat. Panther, j- cheetah? No, but it's one of those things. Panther, I don't know why jaguar. I'm drawing a, drawing a, a blank on this. No. It doesn't matter. Anyway, it's, it's funny. And Cary Grant is terrified of it. And mm. Catherine Hepburn isn't. Uh, we get, I love the bit where, uh, uh, Selena's threatening Scarface, and the ventriloquist just kind of loses it at one point. Oh, yeah. No, I, I mean, I'm not sick of it yet, but every time someone fights him, like, the move is to destroy the dummy and make him go nuts. Well, I, li- I like him snapping because he's so quiet and, like, just... Well, yeah, all his all his aggression and, and you know, all mm. of that is going into the Scarface character. Yeah, uh, so, like, having Selena... First of all, Selena threatening him like that is fucking mean. Oh, yeah. Well, it's like, also it's also very in character. She's backed is, into a corner, and, and she goes for the jugular, you know? It is, and I adore it, but, like, it's just, like... Having him on the saw, and then he saves he saves him, and then she drops a pile of logs on him. It's fucking perfect. Yeah, they're up in, like, a control room, and he manages to switch off the, the thing, and then she just finds a lever for another thing. Yeah, she's like, whoops. Uh-huh. But like he basically tries to club her with the uh, with the uh, the precious cat. Mm-hmm. That's well, the only thing you know at hand. Mm-hmm. All uh, right. What else? Oh, we get sad Batman at the end. <laughs> oh yeah, I I've pointed this out many times, but I love when the eyes of his mask are expressive, yep. like n- not like there's eyeballs underneath, but just the white triangles, mm-hmm. like express his like surprise or sadness or whatever like it reminds me of the tick all the time oh yeah it's still great i like i like that it turns out like i didn't think i would but like no it seems it it sort of violates the reality of it but i also spider-man exactly that's how that's the best way spider-man works yeah and i thought that was real dumb too because no he's just a kid who made his own costume how would the eyes work Mm -hmm. but when that first movie came out, when his eyes worked, it was like, fuck yeah, Spider-Man works like that. That's so much better. That was it. Like, they showed a clip of, like, when, even before Civil War had come out, and it's just like a shot of him, and his eyes start moving. I'm like, yeah, you got it. That's Spider-Man. It's because all the, like, I mean, it's in a comic. It's not moving, but you still get, like, panels where he's mad, and, mm-hmm. like, it looks like he's scowling. Yeah. And the, the eyes go down, you know? Like, it's so much better. Mm-hmm. It's because, like, that's one of the things we respond to. Like, as humans, when we look for faces and things, we like the eyes are a big part of that. So yeah. it doesn't make sense, but you, you're you okay to violate the reality of a little mm. because we're all going to respond to it better. Yeah, you know? it doesn't matter. Yeah. All right. Anything else? I think that's everything I got. Yeah, me too. Uh, I do have a quote, which is uh, Veronica Vreeland uh, pointing out something, like, a, a little fourth Wally, but I kind of like it. Just once I'd like to throw a party without some kook showing up. That was quite good. What was the other one? That was the Mad Hatter episode, right? Uh, well, uh, she, there was the, the Worryman, the, right? There was, uh, yes, and she dated the Penguin. And she dated, yeah. And I feel like there was yet another one. But yeah, you I might be remember. right. She's been, like, I had a note here that she's been in the show more than Two-Face. Yep. She's, <laughs> Batman's uh, real nemesis. 
Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of like jerk rich people, but she's the one that just keeps popping up. Because mm-hmm. she's just, she's sort of vapid and sort of cruel, but doesn't straight out do crime. So she doesn't get taken away at the end of the episode. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, she doesn't feel evil. She just feels rich well, and uncaring. Just just sort of baseline rich people. Even. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like, Which, I hate this, but I can't do anything about it. Just like in real life. Mm-hmm. So good. All right, anything else? Uh, I think that's everything. All right. Well, what do we got for next time? Next time, we have got... Uh, let's see. Where's my little list? of episodes. Uh, Ooh. Oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> uh-huh. Next week, we've got Bane and Baby Doll. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh I don't remember Bane at all, but Baby Doll's a great fucking episode. If I give you $100, will you not do the Bane voice? No. Damn it. <laughs> I can't be bought. I deliberately didn't schedule a guest for that just because I could not handle two of you doing it and everyone that we had on the docket would do it. Oh, God. I legit was at a point where I'm like, could I do the summary entirely in his voice? Uh, Well, now you're not getting that episode. No. (laughs) Now you have to do the baby doll episode in baby doll's voice. (laughs) Yes, this is what baby doll did in her episode. I don't remember if her first episode's good, but there's one where she comes back that is fucking phenomenal. That's the one with Killer Croc, yeah? Yes. Yeah. Ooh, that one's heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. Very good. Oh, this show's so good. Yeah, it's so good. All right. Well, we alluded to briefly earlier our uh, Patreon. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you wanna, if you wanna check out us reviewing the direct-to-video um, uh, DC movies, uh, all you have to do is pledge as little as one American dollar. Uh, it's patreon.com slash Algar, and there's a there's a lot of bonus stuff there, mm-hmm. not only for this show, but for, for all the shows we produce. It's very good. Um, let's see. If you want to write to us, it is kidslovebatmanpodcast at gmail. Our website is kidslovebatman.com. We are on Twitter at Algar, at RobotMatt, and that's all for this time. Yeah, see ya, folks. For more information about this show and the people who make it, visit kidslovebatman.com. To provide financial support for this show and all of the shows produced by Algar Productions, consider a pledge at patreon.com Algar. That's double A-L-G-A-R. The Kids Love Batman podcast is a co-production of Matt Robotham and Ron Algar Watt. Copyright 2020, Algar Productions. Please don't sue us. We're just doing this for fun.